0: Oh, pardon me, madam. Mm? Do you have any gray poupon?
1: Oh, you silly homosexual! Of course I do. I'm very wealthy, you know. Gaylords
0: of Darkness presents
1: Gasterpiece Theater. Look at us, Anna. Not Wednesday here again.
0: Look at look at all of our um. Decadence, all of our riches, as we just <laughs> luxuriate on the wrong day of the week,
1: wrong day of the week. We the wrong just,
0: podcast,
1: the wrong podcast. We're just podcasting all willy nilly, like such is the state of the world.
0: Yeah, not no care, not a care for anyone else.
1: No, <laughs> that's right. Give me an extra episode, or give me death.
0: Yeah, that's I'm standing in front of the Baskin Robbins. <laughs>
1: I'm standing in front of the Baskin Robbins saying, if your loved ones have to die, so this podcast can happen, so be it. So be it. (laughs) It's called economics, bitch. You know, we have to reopen the economy as soon as possible. (laughs) And if that means you or your loved ones die, I mean, I will gladly sacrifice myself so that a shareholder will smile (laughs) it is my purpose as an american citizen
0: do your part join the cause
1: yeah yeah exactly i want you to die for jeff bezos
0: oh my god
1: anyway so here we are Another Gasterpiece episode. Uh, Gasterpiece, just to clarify, uh, our previous Gasterpiece theater episode was about Portrait of a Lady on Fire, mm. a, which is truly a Gasterpiece.
0: A movie Gaster... of which neither of us have any feelings. Or... I don't
1: have very many feelings about it. Um, <laughs> but somehow we managed to s- squeak out an episode about it. <laughs> But Gasterpiece is just a movie that isn't horror that we want to talk about. Not necessarily a gay film.
0: Yeah, so. and, it's, and it's whenever we want to do it, too. So don't get any big ideas in your heads.
1: Whoa. You All
0: know, right. I, th- th- this is the new me. I cause it like I seize it. Oh, I like you, the cut of your jib. Yeah, I think I I might have a future in front of a green screen in my house on Fox News. If Justice Janine Pirro can do it!
1: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, calling it like you see it. Telling it like it is. I'm just telling it like it is.
0: Yeah, yeah. You know, half the time I use the wrong words and I don't know what I'm saying, but... Actually, that is true. I am just like Judge just- Justice Janine Pier- Judge. Is her name Judge Justice Janine Piero? Judge Justice. Yeah. <laughs> um.
1: W W J J J P D. That's what my bracelet says. Yeah, yeah. Anytime
0: anyway. I need an excuse to be an alcoholic, I just look at my <laughs> "What Would <laughs> Judge Justice Janine Pirro Do?" bracelet. <laughs>
1: That's right. Telling it like it is is such an attractive personality trait. Anytime I see a woman yes. who's like says something shitty and is like, "But I'm just telling it like it is." I just, <laughs> it's hard for me to keep my clothes on because I'm so yes. attracted.
0: Just flooded.
1: <laughs> yeah, the basement is flooded.
0: It's like God. She is endearing.
1: It's like waiter, can I get some crackers for my soup? <laughs> that's how I feel.
0: That's how I feel. Um, because I've I've been on Twitter, you know, like looking at Twitter. So because because um, mistake. Because mistake. I I make mistakes and I have doubts. And <laughs> I, my favorite new thing about people, um, that's something that just like I just. Like, if you talk about the mosquito lamp, like, this is my mosquito lamp. I'm just, I just sw- fly right into it. Like, the people that have their follower number in their username. So it'd be like, you know. What? Craig8K. Like, that's just, like, to me, I'm like. I've I mean,
1: never seen that before.
0: Oh. Maybe, it's probably a gay Twitter thing. But I'm like, oh, baby girl, like, you know. I mean, I, I used to say Anthony... Aries, Leo, Sag, but now I know I've been doing it wrong. I need to put in my follower number, too. Mm-hmm.
1: Oh, my goodness. What happens when it goes down? Like, how depressing? It's like going to an awards ceremony, right? And you don't win. You're nominated. You don't win. And then when you go home... And you're changing out of your fancy clothes and you take your speech out of your pocket, you know, and you have to just throw it in the garbage. Like, what a depressing moment, right? Of all that could have been. So imagine, yeah. And so imagine being Kyle 8K and then Kyle gets canceled and is suddenly Kyle 3K. Oh, no. Yeah. And, and just... so having to change that. This is why you should just. I'm. That's why I'm Stacy Y2K,
0: and and have been since. And have been for 1999.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, I'm not on the Twitter's. Um,
0: Stacy Y2K, but that is really, um, uh, that really is your branding, right? in, just in a nutshell, right there.
1: <laughs> it, yeah, it is. Out of date. <laughs> Not as big of a deal as we all thought it was going to be. And computer. <laughs>
0: and <Yeah>. computer.
1: <laughs> yep. That's, that's oh. me in a nutshell. You're welcome. You're welcome. But anyway, here we are. Gaysterpiece Theater.
0: Not Gay Lords of Darkness, for those of you that are confused.
1: Yeah. Pop it um, up in your
0: feed, because we feel like it.
1: We feel like it. And this movie, I felt, was on perhaps the wavelength that we had been talking about on Gaylords lords with a few episodes your picnic at hanging rock your don't look now your sort of dream state film <sighs> um and i said anthony we should watch three women because anthony's never seen it before this
0: and everyone has been telling me to see this movie stacy um roger stacy um destiny roger stacy everyone <laughs> everyone has been telling me to see this movie people i actually whose taste i very highly regard and i have wanted to see this movie forever um man oh man have i seen this movie now
1: <laughs> i i watched it last night to prepare for this show i don't know how many times i've seen this movie now i love it so very much still what's it about in the end when you say like okay so what's it all mean what's it all about my opinions on that change but also i don't really care to have any opinions which is not a great way to start off a podcast to talk about a film but i mean of, like,
0: <laughs> that's that's it.
1: <laughs> but, I do, I, but like, you know, you I, I do love talking about metaphors and, you know, what does this shot mean? What does that shot mean? But this movie, kind of like Persona, like Bergman's Persona, sort of goes so hard into that territory and doesn't answer any questions and didn't answer any questions for the people who
0: made it yeah. um, or
1: anything like that, that this movie in particular, I just say like... I don't really care what it means.
0: That's where I had to Well, that's not true. Um and yes to yes to persona. I mean, this is like the this is like the Santa Fe style, like Southwest desert <laughs> persona. Yeah, yeah. Um but like uh so I f- I feel about this movie the way I feel about Mother. Um which you, m- many of y'all know is our most recent Gaylords episode. Uh in that i love jennifer lawrence in it um until i didn't know what it was about and then because of that i hate it (laughs) i'm just kidding i love this movie (laughs) i completely i was
1: like why why do you keep fooling me (laughs) with these movies that i love that mean a lot to me but I will defend to the death and then you keep fooling me with your contrary opinion what a ju- am i being punked? it's a punk- mm-hmm. it's back punked is back on quibi ba- i guess it's
0: back it's on quibi it's 10 minutes it's a 10 minute i, st- I
1: don't want to hear about that i don't you can use code
0: <laughs> anthonyak <laughs> to get your free trial of quibi <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, I don't. I don't care. Queebee. I like not now. Queeby. We have enough on our. Plates. I have
0: eight thousand streaming services. I don't need one more, especially if it's only a ten-minute episode. Fuck you. Um. Yeah, fuck you.
1: Yeah. So I do have ideas about what this movie means, and you know interpretations and all that. But ultimately. It's not a puzzle I truly care to solve. No, I just let, let this movie happen. I luxuriate in it. I especially luxuriate in Shelley fucking Duval in this movie.
0: Holy
1: shit. Who is a fucking miracle in this movie. And it just makes me that much more angry about The Shining because it's like you don't need to torture her. <laughs> to get an incredible performance out of Shelly fucking Duval. Yeah,
0: look at look at how Altman treated her and what, they did like seven or eight films together. Mm-hmm. And and oh my god, she's fucking brilliant.
1: Yeah. Turns English. out
0: turns out a good actor can just be a good actor without uh, horrific misogynist abuse.
1: Yes. So this movie we could talk about what we think it means, I think. And you know, <laughs> There's certainly valid interpretations, but I just I like it's there's a freedom I find in not having to overanalyze it while also analyzing it. Like yeah, I don't know. Usually I like to solve the problem. I think at least in a way that satisfies myself. (laughs) Fuck you
0: (laughs) with the the red string and thirty days of posts about one movie.
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Like usually I take great pleasure in solving those mysteries, like the geriatric detective that I am. This movie, and probably Persona. This is, like you said, this is the Palm Springs Persona. Yes, yes. Um, I enjoyed just letting this movie happen.
0: It's, um, I 100% agree when, and we'll get there, but when we got to the, because this was a first time watch for Jason too, so we were both. We, we went, we, we put on our geriatric spa clothing, um, swimsuits (laughs) and we, we got into the hot spring and we, we, we sat there and we were just like, you know, we just let it wash over us and we were really feeling it. And then that ending happened. And I was like, for a split second, I was like, wait, what is this changing everything I feel? And then, and I just sat through the credits. I just let that hot spring water, uh, wash into all the pores. And I I was so content with the mystery um, and with the not knowing, and just celebrating everything I had gotten to experience in this movie. Um, There was a moment when I paused it, because I was like, oh, I got to go grab a string cheese or something. And I paused it after what felt like maybe three hours of this film. And we weren't even to the halfway point yet on the little track. (laughs) We were, whatever. (laughs) Um, and usually that would be a moment of horror for me where I'm like, nothing should ever be longer than, than 30 minutes tops or 70 minutes at most. <laughs> and, and usually that'd be a moment of horror, but I was like, oh my God, I'm so happy. There's so much more movie because I just am, I just want to live in this film.
1: Mm-hmm. And that was,
0: that was me a third of the way through the movie. Yeah. before anything even happens. <laughs> like, yeah,
1: it takes a long time for anything to actually but, happen.
0: but at that point, I thought so much had happened. yes, but yeah. it's like in the overall development of what occurs in this film, oh my God. and because it's just and I here's the thing, Stacy. I thought of you and I thought of Colin Drucker, our friend our good friend Colin Drucker throughout mm. because. And that's why I wanted to just luxuriate in it. I mean, Altman's a masterful filmmaker. The movie's gorgeous. Um, And there's a beautiful aesthetic and vibe just in this film. But for me, and why I was thinking of you two, is like, this is a movie of actresses actressing. Mm -hmm. And every fucking gesture, glance, expression...
1: So many of the like Collins trademarked micro moments, like the entire film is micro moments and watching actresses make incredible choices that would never occur to me to make. And it's just it's such a treat. And the ending like the, the film is really kind of. Straightforward, And then the last five minutes is like, what the fuck? Like, it's, but not the whole, the whole thing is very dreamlike, but it's not a confusing film. No, not at all. Until you get to the ending.
0: Until you get to literally the last minute of the film.
1: Yeah, yeah. But who cares? I literally, I could, if this movie was 75 hours long and it was just Shelley Duvall and Sissy Spacek. Yeah. I would be fine with it. Yeah. Like
0: What did um something thinking of those glances and those micro moments, as Colin calls them, which Colin and everyone you can find um in his podcast in the details, and he also does Alright Mary, um, and is a is a darling. But uh I was reading about the film after because I mean I immediately was like, I need to absorb every material ever <laughs> released on this film. And uh, Roger Ebert, who I usually shit talk because, you know, he only doxed Betsy Palmer, um, it, it said something that he's, he's, in talking about this film, which he believed was Robert Altman's masterpiece, he he s- called um, du- Shelley Duvall's expressions in this movie, like her glances and her facial, the, all, everything she does with just a look in this film, he called it a study in unease.
1: Mm, and I feel yeah. like that is
0: just so... For me, that's what I loved most about this movie was watching Shelley Duvall's face.
1: Oh my god! I think it's I think that is also something that is innate to Shelley Duvall. Yes, and I think that that quality is something that people pounce on in The Shining when they say that they hate her character or hate her or she's a terrible actress or like she was nominated for a Razzie for The Shining. I think. Fuck Um, that. Like they that sense of unease, or like in certain contexts, I think it's interpreted as a weakness.
0: Mm-hmm. And I think
1: I hear meowing. Yeah, do and you hear I princess scream in the yeah, background. Yeah, um, and I think sometimes audiences react negatively to that. Yeah, and I don't. I, I just disagree. Like, well, I that's
0: misogyny, just... right?
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: Like, why does a woman make a dumb face? yeah (laughs) why does she make a face that doesn't say fuck me
1: she has so many of those expressions in this film and there i think this movie especially the first like two-thirds i think this movie is laugh out loud funny oh it's hilarious it's fucking hilarious i know that people tend to say i think that nashville is robert Altman's like i think that's probably widely regarded as his best film i this is the one for me this movie
0: um, I have not seen a lot of Altman. I really need to see more. Um, what I love about Altman films, uh, the ones at least that I have seen, I haven't seen Nashville, but the ones that I have seen is that each one, whether they're great or just okay, because <laughs> he's had some stinkers too, um, like the his adaptation of my favorite playwrights, C- Christopher Durang's um, Beyond Therapy, which is a fantastic play, it was a fucking atrocity of a movie and I don't know how he made it that bad. But like, even that one, every film that he makes is a very uh, vividly put together... Like, each film of his is its own universe. Mm-hmm. And if that's the case, like, this is its... Like, Three Women is its own fucking microcosm. Like, it's just... It's, I, it's a movie that is so alive. Yes. Uh, and it's so... It's so full of details and subtle details and the fact that almost all of those details and and whatever come from the choices of the actors. Uh, Yeah,
1: because he he wrote this um, based on a dream that he had. His wife was very ill in the hospital and he was worried about her and having anxiety dreams. And he dreamt that he would make a movie with Shelley Duvall and Sissy Spacek in the desert and it would involve identity theft. And that was basically his idea, and he wanted to make a film without even a script. He just wanted to make the film, but he ended up writing like a 50-page treatment, and they went from there, and it did end up having a script, but a lot of it, a lot of the characterization, a lot of the dialogue, and et cetera, et cetera, was... The actress is improvising.
0: Yeah, I read that, especially for Shelley Duvall in particular, Yeah, um, she made, like, she dressed her character. She made, she, all, all of her um, diary entries, and anytime she's talking about how to make food, because so much of this movie oh, is god. just her <laughs> telling you how to make <laughs> food dishes involving tuna. Like,
1: oh, god, yeah, all the women's magazine stuff. All the you know, I read an article in McCall's about this. It's just, I mean, I can't. It's one of my absolute favorite performances of all time. I just there, I don't have the words. And for the fact
0: that she her. invented that—that
1: that she invented. That's all Shelley Duvall.
0: She invented that he trusted in her to be a, a co-author in this, mm-hmm. um, and that that she understood the material and understood, um, which is really. Uh, saying a lot because it it could be argued altman didn't even understand the material he just understood what he wanted the final product to feel like yes and that she saw that vision and that she knew how to make that um alive (laughs) Mm -hmm. is and what came what comes out of that the scenes of her it's, it's like simultaneously hilarious and it makes you love her. And it's also heartbreaking because there's so many scenes of just her talking, just rambling and nobody around her listens to the yeah. point that at some moments we were like, is she a ghost? Like, because nobody right. yeah. acknowledges her, but she's always talking to people like they're listening to her.
1: Yes, she will walk, uh, you know, two paces behind two of her co-workers and she'll be talking to them as if they're all having a conversation. But the two people are having their own conversation and not paying any attention to her, mm-hmm. to her character, to her character's name, Millie, Millie Lamoureux. And she is the very model of extreme self-confidence coupled with abject unawareness like total unawareness however there's another layer to both of those and the kind of bittersweet or sad tinges that she manages to put into it with a glance or a look or a facial expression that make you question whether either of those are true like is she self-confident at all and is she aware of how these people are treating her that it's it's uh, remarkable it's a fucking incredible performance
0: that's what i mean it's just you love her that much more and you hurt for her that much more because it's like yeah does she know and 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 and, and to what i and also if i've known people like that where it's like they can be so unaware (laughs) they're so they're knowingly unaware where they choose yes. not to see the reality, because if you see the reality, it becomes crushing. Right. And seeing just shell... I mean, I guess we should just get into what this movie's about uh, yeah. or what happens <laughs> yeah. in it to, to yeah. really talk about, especially her character and what happens to her. Um,
1: Take it away.
0: Oh, my God. It's three women. It's... It opens in Desert Springs Rehabilitation and Geriatric Center, which is where I knew I would love this movie from the get go because <laughs> yeah. that opening, like Adult like, Swim. Uh,
1: <laughs> my people. Yeah. Uh. I'm with my community.
0: Of. <laughs> um, geriatrics getting into the hot spring pool the little spa they're all in their little lilac underwear long underwear (laughs) swimsuits um that look really uh, uncomfortable to combine with water and (laughs) we see shelly duvall as uh as millie who is a a nurse at this this geriatric center um where they basically treat people treat older people with chronic pain um by putting them in, in hot springs and putting them in, in wrapped treatments and all this. Uh, at the same time, as, as this long opening sequence where we see, we, we are treated to um, some very beautiful Gorgon-like art that we will also return to. Gorgon or harpy, kind of very modern contemporary mixed with a sort of Greek mythology or Egyptian vibe, I don't know, art that we see uh in this pool which then transitions to the old people in their like adult swim moment which then pans back we see more of shelly duvall we see um sissy spacek who we later find out is named pinky and sissy spacek is watching shelly duvall intently from behind the glass in this sort of reception or waiting area um it turns out pinky is new in town new and it. this is set in desert springs so desert hot springs just outside of Palm Springs, um, in Palm Desert. And Pinky has just come into town and she's just gotten, uh, her first, her first city job, um, after moving over from Texas. And she is going to be trained by Millie. Um, Pinky is very much, uh, taken by Millie, I guess you'll say. She, she's looking for her and she's kind of mesmerized by her and she studies everything she does um she's really drawn to to millie who at the onset of the film millie seems like uh like she's kind of the queen bee she's she's always talking to everybody she knows exactly what she's doing um she's she's the most vocal and obviously as a viewer she's shelly duval so you're you're instantly compelled by her just like sissy spacek is as pinky um over time, Pinky uh, uh, Pinky is trained. She becomes like just a regular nurse at this geriatric center. Millie uh, vanishes for a few days, and Pinky's really concerned. Um, I, as a viewer, start to wonder: Is there gay shit about to happen here? Is she obsessed with her? Is she in love with her? <laughs> <laughs> um, she starts wondering where Pinky's or where Millie's at. She. She finds Millie. Millie comes back, and she starts spending even more time kind of studying her. Uh, later, she 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 notices that Millie doesn't eat lunch with everybody else, and she wants to eat lunch with Millie. She says, oh, no, I'm supposed to have lunch with Millie, although she's never been invited, because Pinky you begin to learn, just finds herself, figures out how to put herself into situations with people. Uh, she finds out that Millie eats lunch at the hospital across the way. So even though it costs twice as much as the cafeteria where they all eat. So Pinky heads over uh, to eat lunch with Millie, although Millie is too busy <laughs> occupying mm-hmm. a table with the, the male nurses and doctors at this hospital, where Millie just talks, 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 and talks, and talks, and is given given the sexy eyes to one of the nurses who won't even look at her. They seem like kind of her lunchtime crew. And she's like, all right, well, I'll see y'all tomorrow again. Um, But none of them respond to her. Nobody really interacts with her. And Pinky is just taken by watching this um, social butterfly (laughs) who is completely ignored by the people around her. She ends up noticing that Millie puts up a postcard on, in the uh, hospital cafeteria before she leaves, and it says roommate wanted. She wasn't sick when she was vi- missing from work for a few days. She was helping her roommate, Deirdre, move. Um, I love the
1: the index card. It's like roommate wanted. Call Millie Lamoureux and then it's $55 a piece a month.
0: Yes. <laughs> yes.
1: I just love that little detail.
0: And then that becomes a plot device later of how will we pay the rent? Yeah. <laughs> You're yeah. $55 a month. Um, whew, different times. Uh but that was also what like $10 million back then. <laughs> in yeah. The, in those days. So so she's um Pinky sees that postcard. She immediately just takes it off the bulletin board because she's like, "Oh no, have I got a roommate for you?" Next thing we know, <laughs> they are in Millie's adorable little yellow car. Um, everything about Millie is yellow. She wears amazing yellow flowing. What even are they Ro- dresses? <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, uh, bro- I
1: her dress. One of my favorite details in this film. Is that the first time you see like a wide shot of the car, or Millie getting into oh. the car, she shuts her dress in the car door. I
0: lost my mind and I rewound it.
1: Yeah, it's, and that was an accident, you know, like it, she just happened to do that. And Robert Altman loved it so much that they kept it in. And not only did they keep it in, it's in every shot of of her in the car every single time she is in the car she has shut her dress in the door
0: and she doesn't know
1: (laughs) she doesn't know and
0: that's her character (laughs) she's so she is so tightly put together yes she is a fucking vision and I mean, yeah. she gets all... Millie gets all the women's magazines. She knows everything about interior decorating and about fashion and about makeup. And she meticulously brushes her hair with a toothbrush every night. Yeah. And she doesn't know that her dress is hanging out of her car door every time yeah. she <coughs> <in the car. laughs> That yeah. is... This... This is the woman I was born to love. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. So... So the next thing we know, they're in this car. They're driving out to this, uh, I, I was telling Jason, I was like, it's like Enchanted Forest, but in the, in the desert, and it's just this weird, <laughs> Enchanted Forest is this weird little like hippie park we have <laughs> in, in Oregon, um, off the freeway. And you can, you can go hang out and do uh bumper boats or you can, you can watch the laser light show in, in, as you eat the awful food court pizza, which is delicious <laughs> And, um, they go to this weird, like, saloon town bar, um, which is just out in the middle of the desert. There, there's an old-timey saloon. There's also, like, Pinky very much has this sort of very... Fresh off the bow, new 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 arrival in a small town, career gal kind of vibe, but she's still very much sort of an adolescent. She sees it. She's
1: very childlike. Yes,
0: she's, and it doesn't help that Sissy Spacek is so fucking looks so fucking young. And this was a year after Carrie because this was seventy seven. Yeah. Um, one of the first things she does when she runs up to the saloon is she's says, oh boy, a teepee! And she runs <laughs> into a teepee and sits in it. Um, then she's tantalized by the, by um, mini golf, which uh, Millie has to sadly inform her has been closed for a year. Uh, they go inside, they check out um, some artwork. They, they notice this, Pinky sees all of these beautiful paintings that are beautiful the same style as the paintings that we've seen in the intro. And these paintings are these, like, I I don't know about you, I loved this art so much. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, they are these weird, illustrative, sort of mural-esque, uh, like, harpy, gorgony kind of lizard women creatures that are all sort of in these aggressive, confrontational tableaus or poses with each other. Um, most of them are sort of female coded, but there's always one or two that have just like a big pendulous dick hanging off of them. Mm-hmm. Um, they're very uh, mysterious, sort of confrontational paintings that feel they're the kind of art that you look at that feels like new age psychological art, <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah. but also somehow good. Um they're very compelling, and and Pinky's really drawn to them. And Millie tells her, oh, this is the art made by Willie. Willie is this pregnant... Pregnist? <laughs> Willie is this... She's a pregnant feminist sort of art witch who, <laughs> who dresses so cool. She's dressed for the Dust Bowl, but if she was, like, also Georgia O'Keeffe or something. And she's wearing this <laughs> big hat the sun hat and she kind of has this like cowboy swagger to her. She doesn't talk to anyone ever. She comes into the bar and she pours them beer. Um, Pinky says, Oh, I love your paintings. Millie or Willie just stares at her and leaves. <laughs> and, and then Pinky being the child that she is because earlier we've seen her sitting in the cafeteria, blowing bubbles into her Pepsi and watching if anybody notices, she just takes a bunch of salt, pours it in her beer lets it foam up blows off the top of the foam and then just gulps down the entire beer i should also and belches s- like five times. belches like five times as millie is just transfixed and horrified i should also say i have been screaming over shelly duvall in this movie sissy spacek is as we all know also a fucking revelation oh yeah she's incredible in this film they're mm-hmm. both incredible um Every I mean and so is uh so is um uh Janice rule who I didn't know before this film as Willie
1: I didn't either. Yeah. she's
0: fucking fantastic and and she really has a lot to work to do to infuse this role. Um, with power because the film is, sh- is called Three Women and ultimately it is about all three of them. But for most of the film, it's two women and yes, and Willie is just sort of this mute presence that's always kind of haunting in the background. In the few times yeah. that we do get to see her, um, yeah, she
1: doesn't have any dialogue. Her she, Willie owns the Dodge City Saloon, mini golf, gun range, motorcycle course, place. yes. She co-owns that with her husband Edgar, Edgar. who used to be a stunt man in like old cowboy pictures, and now he's just sort of riding that small amount of glory.
0: Mm-hmm. Um,
1: they own Dodge City, and they also own the Purple Sage apartment buildings, which is where Millie
0: lives. Where Millie lives, where where Pinky is now going to live. Um, they they hang out a little bit more. They Millie remarks on how uh, Willie. Will take her paintings and she she'll paint them and then she puts them out on the shooting range because there's a shooting range out there too in their in their bumper boat emporium and and she just shoots her paintings and then she'll put them up on the wall because she's <laughs> so fucking cool. Um, I'm not pro gun. This movie has many moments that have me saying, well, maybe I'm just really pro Millie, Willie and Pinky with guns. (laughs) (laughs) Because they make it so fucking cool. Um... They 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 go back to the, what was it, the Purple Sage Apartments? Purple Sage Apartments. The Purple yeah. Sage Apartments where Millie warns Pinky, well, I hope you like yellow and purple. <laughs> because the <laughs> whole place is done up, the Purple Sage Apartments is all done up in purple outside with this incredible, like, um, mid-century mod retro atomic uh, railway on the stairway. Um <laughs> Pinky notices that the pool has another beautiful Medusa, Gorgon, Harpy creature painting uh, inside the pool because of the fact that Edgar and Willie also own this property. So she's painted there. They go into their into into Pinky's brand new apartment with her new roommate Millie, and Pinky is blown away by everything. And this apartment is incredible. I yeah. I personally love a bold seventies yellow and yeah this This is
1: bright yellow this is not uh i'm sure millie could tell us exactly what shade of mustard it is oh differentiates between all the mustards but this is not your typical sort of dark mustard 70s this is very bright daisy sort of
0: this is a bright what i'd say uplifting jason says it's it's psychically degrading but i say it's very (laughs) uplifting and and millie clearly gets her life from it this place is meticulously put together um pinky is blown away she remarks on the h- big kitchen which like if this was a home design tv show today they would be like this kitchen is tiny i can't work in it um yeah but
1: it's i i love that whole sequence because it's like we've seen the way millie's co-workers ignore her while she's talking. We saw all of her lunchmates at the hospital ignore her while she's talking. We watch her walk through the courtyard of the Purple Sage oh. Apartments and it's the same thing. Like she tries to be friendly to everybody and they all just ignore her. And then they get into the apartment and the fact that Pinky is so blown away by it and just keeps going on and on about she's Like she's stunned by how beautiful this apartment is. Mm-hmm. And that sequence, those moments of getting to watch Millie's face light up. Millie with gets final,
0: recognition.
1: She gets recognition that she's craved for so long. She finally gets it, and it's such a fucking endearing sequence.
0: All the work for both that of them. all the work that Millie puts in. I mean, she is a meticulous homemaker. She is. Uh, she cooks every single day. It, early in the movie, she talks about how she's putting. She's put together a book of all the recipes she makes that are all organized by time. And then she has to clarify, well, it's not really a book. It's more of a file that's organized by time. <laughs> yeah. But she...
1: Which is really clever, if you think about really it. Really clever. Like, you only have 15 minutes, and then you just look at the section that's 15 minutes. I'm telling you, this woman is everything.
0: <laughs> yeah. And no one loves her. No one loves her. No one loves her. <laughs> and that's really what Millie is about. Um... Like, people, like, she is so, she spends all this time putting herself together and making these beautiful meals and making a beautiful home and putting on an incredible outfit. And then she gets in the car and all people see is the dress hanging out of the the door. That's all people um, see.
1: Their drive, their first drive from the geriatric center to the apartments where they're kind of getting to know each other. It's, they're both from Texas, both Pinky and Millie. They are both... Originally from Texas, now they're in California, and they talk a little bit about themselves. And Millie reveals that her mother was sick. That's all she says is, my mother was sick and gave me away. Mm -hmm. She doesn't know her parents. Later on, she reveals that she was an accidental birth. Like, her parents were together, but she was an accidental birth. And then they got rid of her and just those tiny little tidbits inform everything else we see
0: yeah she is this is Millie. this is an unwanted woman in, this is an
1: unwanted woman
0: in all aspects of her life uh, throughout her that's her entire life story um, and despite everything that she does to to try to counter that um, we are seeing her coming out of a roommate leaving her life we we, we, we see her come into this apartment court, courtyard and And she says, hi to everybody. She says, hi, Tom. Tom says nothing. He just coughs. And later, uh, Pinky asks, oh, is that, is Tom your boyfriend? And she's like, oh, he wants to be, he asks me out all the time, but I tell him he has to get rid of that cold first.
1: (laughs) Yeah, she creates her own reality. And like, despite the fact that she's living her life, Like these women's magazines, the McCalls, et cetera, et cetera, are her Bible. And she is doing everything that the women's magazines tell a woman she should do Mm -hmm. to be a woman. And yet still, she's completely ignored and unloved.
0: Mm -hmm. And Pinky is still just transfixed by this woman, where as a viewer, you're thinking, thank God they found each other. And then you notice that Pinky is saying, oh, wait, well... My name is actually uh, Mildred, but I don't like being called that because I hate that name. Um, Mildred is also what? Millie's name. Millie or Pinky. Now I get I get so confused because their names are the same and it all rhymes with Willie, who's also Millie. (laughs) And (laughs) then there's the ending where everything becomes conflated. But um, Pinky also, uh, as they sit down to have dinner, and they, they have tuna melts, and she'll show her how to make them. <laughs> so in case she's not there and she's hungry and she wants to make one.
1: First, you open all the containers. <laughs> I just love open her Open all style. the containers <laughs>
0: in the jar so they're ready to go. <laughs> like It's so good. Put in one tablespoon of mayonnaise, add garlic and pepper, <laughs> or salt and pepper. <laughs> it's just amazing. Taste it to make sure it's good.
1: <laughs> it tastes good. It, tastes good. <laughs> like,
0: it and the the Shelly Duvall is just that one that Altman is giving her the time to just live and enact this, and two that Shelly Duvall is taking this time, mm-hmm. and that we get this time reflected in the edit of the film of just her saying that monologue while she's in the other room doing that, and I mean later they're eating dinner and we see Pinky saying, "Oh, you know what? I don't like I don't like tomatoes. That's why I love that they're not in this tuna melt." Which Millie instantly responds to because she doesn't like tomatoes, which she was saying and Pinky overheard, which is maybe why Millie or Pinky is now saying it to Millie mm-hmm. uh, to win favor with her. When Millie is sharing the recipe, Pinky is sitting in the bedroom copying down Millie's social security number and her address. (laughs) So suddenly this, this me thinking, Oh, I love this. No wonder Stacy wanted to watch it. Shelley Duvall's perfect. And Sissy Spacek is wistfully looking down a hallway. (laughs) Like (laughs) suddenly that read shifts entirely. And I'm thinking, Oh my God, is this a grifter that I'm about to see? Right. Is there some identity theft happening here? What is happening? Um, Oh my God! Where does it even go from here? Uh, they, they, the two become closer and closer, spend more and more time together at work. Uh, Millie still remains just aloof enough. She's she'll, she'll refer to to Pinky as like, oh yeah, she's okay. She's a bit quiet, but she's fine. Um, and Pinky is like, as for what we can tell, head over heels in love with her. Um, Millie continues to tell to tell herself her little stories about how the world works and why people respond to her the way they do. She'll come home from the courtyard and she'll tell everybody, Oh yeah, I'd have dinner and swim with y'all later, but I'm having guests over. Um, oh,
1: the dinner party.
0: Oh, so the dinner party happens. Uh, d- Millie gets a phone call And she's told that uh, she's told by Deirdre, her ex-roommate, that Deirdre is going to come over and she's going to bring over a couple extra guys. Um, So they're going to have a big dinner party at the house. I'm
1: famous. I'm famous for my dinner. parties. I'm
0: famous for my dinner parties. And you hear her say that and you just say, no, you're not. (laughs) You know, she isn't. You know, she is very proud of the food that she makes and the the entertaining that she sets up that she doesn't have anyone to participate in and we're about to see that enacted full swing and it breaks your heart millie prepares this gorgeous gorgeous dinner she buys all the groceries and i'll tell you what how about you clean the house since i'm getting all the groceries so she goes off she buys all the groceries pinky cleans up the entire house they're making dinner together they're making six plates for everyone because there's going to be six guests all together Pinky uh, is opening jars of, um, I think it was cocktail sauce. And it was like shrimp
1: cocktail. Shrimp something. cocktail
0: sauce, and uh, she's opening a jar. It spills all over her her day smock <laughs> thing that she's wearing. <laughs> Millie gets a little aggressive with her, and she's like, "Oh my god, you made a mess! We're only gonna have five of those at the table, and then it'll be and, and uh, somebody's gonna be missing theirs." And Pinky says, "Oh well, I won't. I just won't eat one." And then that way, uh, everyone can, everyone else can still have one. And she says, no, but then the table will be uneven. Now I'm going to have to go back to the store to get another one. <laughs> Millie goes to the store to get another, uh, Pinky, or Millie's going to, getting ready to go to the store to get another. Pinky goes down with the cocktail, the shrimp cocktail sauce spilled all over her, her gown. So there's a little like almost carry flash there of just her covered in this red. She's taking out the trash deirdre the ex-roommate and a and a a truck full of drunk guys drive up they're all drinking beer in the truck deirdre says hey you live here (laughs) she (laughs) says we were supposed to go we were supposed to come over for dinner but tell millie that we're going we're going to go out and drink at this other place and you can meet us down there for some fun later
1: she says we're supposed to come over for a couple of drinks or
0: something oh yeah for a couple of drinks
1: so to them, it was like, oh, why don't you stop by tomorrow? Maybe we'll have a couple of drinks, whatever, whatever. And we see what Millie has taken and done with that little proposition.
0: As it's Mrs. Dalloway this... will uh, yeah. buy the flowers herself. <laughs>
1: Yeah, she's completely, she's spun it and is making this elaborate multi-course dinner because she's famous for her dinner parties. And that's why they're coming over. And then is. you see the reality of it is they were just going to swing by for like a drink before they go out for real drinks at a bar. She's Mrs. Dalloway. It's Mrs.
0: Dalloway, but more depressing. Yeah. And so <laughs> yeah. then then um, they just take off pinky doesn't say anything pinky heads up and she tells she's a little upset she tells millie well deidre's not coming and millie immediately takes it out on pinky it's pinky's fault it's because pinky looks a mess it's because she had that shrimp cocktail sauce all down her her smock gown she, she was supposed to she was this is why she was telling her to get ready so she would look nice um, she just ruins everything you know what I'm just going to go out and I'm going to have fun on my own so she goes out she's she's going to go out and she's going to join uh, we assume she's going to go out and, find, and meet up with Deidre and hang out with them and have a good time Pinky stays home uh, has Pinky already broken into the diary at this point
1: oh yeah that was like day one yeah day
0: one pinky is break has broken into millie's diary which millie records every single day in her diary (laughs) and (laughs) and pinky is memorizing this shit she is studying it um pinky spends the evening at home alone millie comes home uh she wakes pinky it's so fascinating because we see pinky's perspective as pinky is sort of asleep or pretending not to be asleep or pretending to be asleep i think and Millie, we see Millie come in into the living room and we don't see who she comes home with, but she's stumbling home a little tipsy with someone. She signals to them to be quiet like she does the international shh symbol, then comes in the room and wakes up Millie, <laughs> or Pinky, <laughs> yeah. wakes up Pinky yeah. and tells her you're going to have to move beds. You're going to have to take the rollout bed uh, because I have a, I have company. So she's brought a gentleman caller home pinky gets up She's okay she gets up she goes to switch and to go into the living room and she sees that millie has brought home edgar aka their landlord aka willie's drunk ex-stuntman cowboy husband uh he tries instigating a three-way but millie won't have it and neither will pinky millie just closes the door goes to bed with edgar
1: yeah, Pinky pleads with her not to do it. She's like, "Willie is pregnant."
0: Don't do this.
1: Don't do this. And Millie is just a little vicious about it. She's like, "You could." She tells her, "Like you can move out. You're always you're dragging me down. Mm-hmm. You're you know you're dead weight. All this, and if you want to move out, the sooner the better."
0: Because Pinky is Pinky knows that Millie's better than that. Right, and Millie is you know this is another story she's telling herself that she's not acknowledging the place that she is at right now and making this choice right it's not a choice it's not like she it's not like you know there's some feminist agency and like well yeah maybe she just wants to fuck the dude i mean it's edgar he's gross
1: <laughs> right yeah <laughs> she but she's. Her. she's finally getting the kind of attention from a man that she craves like all she she has said that all she wants is to get married yeah and like be a wife
0: you yep. know and this is the best way she knows how to get what she needs in that moment right and so she makes that choice pinky is distraught over how millie has spoken to her and just the sequence of the day's events pinky goes out she walks up on the balcony on um, their upper second floor balcony railing and she just dives into the pool she throws herself into the pool um Willie comes screaming in the night in her nightgown, all pregnant, gets into the water and is screaming for someone to help. Tom, a.k.a. Oh, hey, Tom, the neighbor from every (laughs) single day that just coughs whenever he hears uh, Millie instead of responding to her. So Millie has convinced herself he has a cold. Uh, Tom dives in and saves Pinky. A bunch of the men all gather around her and save her. They get the cops to come. Uh, Millie stumbles out later and is actually distraught to see what's happened. She she seems a little shell-shocked. She begins to realize that maybe she's accountable in what has just happened to Pinky and the choice that Pinky has made. Um, Willie looks over and Willie notices Millie, not just Millie emerging from her her apartment, her small one-bedroom apartment, but she notices Edgar emerging from the apartment too. Edgar sees Willie. Edgar looks at her sort of not apologetically, not confrontationally, but just looks at her and walks away. We get later; uh, they're in the hospital, and Millie is is at her at her bedside. Um, she is distraught. Pinky is in a coma, um, and this is this is at this point. I, I was saying, "Oh my God, Millie is a monster! <laughs> like Millie has yeah. pushed this woman to suicide." Um, yeah. And then we see we see Millie, you know, she's doing the thing that she's supposed to do. She's hanging out at the hospital. A doctor approaches her and the doctor's like, oh, you've got you've got a little bit of uh, tobacco on your mouth. And he touches her lip. And in this moment, I'm thinking and the doctor's kind of hunky. And I'm thinking, oh, Millie is gonna just hook up with that doctor instead. And the doctor he offers to buy her breakfast. The doctor offers offers to buy her breakfast. Let's go get coffee. Millie says no. Millie has to be with Pinky. And that thought that I had had one second before of she is a monster. (laughs) I'm like, oh, my God, she is a three dimensional human being capable of trauma and pain and and. um, And and confronting what she has done. Yeah. And wanting forgiveness. So, Millie...
1: Characters, like, aren't a, aren't usually afforded that... Even that small journey of, like, learning a lesson. Without it being the whole point of the film. Like, oh, he was a jerk and then he got a head injury and now he's nice. You know what I mean? Like Now it, he paints it, with it, his foot. <laughs> yeah, it's like it becomes the entirety of the film. And it's yeah. just, like, in a very small... Way we see Millie's journey like that. And it's just, it's such a wonderful moment when it's like, here's this doctor offering her everything she's been craving. Everything we've seen her want through this entirety of the film. And she turns it down.
0: And it says so much because this guy, exactly, this guy, this doctor, he's super tall. He's a babe. He's a doctor. So you know he makes money. hmm He... He makes the moves on her, not vice versa. She's got tears streaming down her face. Mm-hmm. And she turns him down. he This is the first person that is signaling anything that she has been looking for her whole life. Mm-hmm. She's, he is not Edgar by any means, which is what she has settled for in the search for right. satisfaction, in the search for what she needs. But she turns this guy down because Pinky matters more. And, I mean, if this is not the emotional core of the movie, this scene, and of her character, I don't know what is. Yeah. Um, and then, <laughs> I wish I could say that things worked out for Millie from this point, <laughs> but sadly, <laughs> that is not the case, because we're not even halfway through. Uh, oh. Millie goes on a search for Pinky's parents. We know, she knows that they're in Texas. She spends hours and hours and hours and days and days and days on the phone with operators trying to figure out how to find these people, how to get them there, because they're her parents. They need to be there. If she hears her parents' voices, maybe she'll wake up. Um, She has a heartbreaking call with a phone operator who says, well, you'll have to just send a telegram. It'll be faster. And Millie, as she hangs up the phone, just says, I don't know how to send a telegram. (laughs) After after many many efforts, somehow she finds Pinky's parents. She brings she picks them up herself at the Greyhound station. And these two these two weird old people are straight <laughs> out of a Steinbeck novel. Um, <laughs> yeah, j- they for just sure. came imported straight from *Grapes of Wrath*. <laughs> they do not fit visually with Millie in any way, or with the Palm Springs aesthetic of the film. Um. They, she brings them into Pinky's ho- uh, hotel room in her hospital room and uh, a nurse confronts her and says, oh, no, you can't bring them in there. This is the ICU. What are you doing here? And Millie stands up for herself, stands up for the parents and stands up for Pinky and says, maybe this will make her wake up. She, the nurse says, OK, five minutes. Millie says, who does she think she is? Brings in the parents.
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um,
0: after, after a brief visit um, of just hearing their voices, they later hear that. Pinky is beginning to respond, and she's woken up. They come in to visit. Uh, Pinky sees Millie. Millie uh, they're, they're, she, Pinky is awake. And then she looks over and she says, who are they? Her parents say, hi, Pinky. <laughs> and Pinky does not recognize them. She starts to panic. And she says, these aren't my parents. I've never seen them before. She panics. She screams that they get out. They pull them out of the room. Later a nurse says, "Okay, well we're not going to let them back then because they agitate her, but she seems to remember you. She has a form of amnesia. You're going to have to take really close care of her." Um Millie takes Pinky home. She begins to sacrifice for her. She cooks for her, she takes care of her. She s- trades bedrooms. Pinky tells her, "Well, you know, the doctor said I should have a bedroom of my own." Uh, but I and I said, "Yeah, right. That's not possible." Millie says, well, what if you did have your own bedroom? I could always sleep on the roll-out bed. So she lets Pinky have the bedroom. Uh, Millie sacrifices, sacrifices, sacrifices to make up for what she's done and now that she realizes how much she does love the one person in her life that actually wants her. And then she notices... Uh, She go she while while all this has been going on, Millie has been going to the geriatric center and has been having everybody sign get well cards. Nobody seems to know who the card is for. Uh, She goes back and she tries to argue to get Pinky's job back. They don't even seem to remember her. They won't. They they they're not going to reemploy her. And then they point out that when she when Pinky submitted her paperwork, she submitted Millie's social security number and address. Millie is trying to reason past this and say, "Oh, she made a mistake. She wouldn't do that." Millie finally, um, she decides to quit too in a in a rage, and she quits her job. She says, "We don't. We don't. Neither of us need this job or you." She leaves. She comes home. She she kind of checks in with Millie because she starts to wonder, like, "Okay, so you don't recognize your parents? What part of Texas did you say you were from?" And then she points out. You know, they said that you took my social security number. Why did you do that? And Pinky, who now wants to be addressed as Mildred, which she told us was her name earlier, her birth name, begins to freak out at her, like, why are you giving me the third degree? What is this? Um, she doesn't she doesn't want to be interrogated.
1: Pinky's undergone a complete transformation. She emerged from this with a completely different personality. She's confrontational. She's sexy. She's starting to wear makeup now. She's wearing crop tops. Like, gone are the homemade smocks. Um, she's completely taken over. She's leaving stuff around the house and not caring. She's painting her nails on Millie's bed. Ugh. She's Anytime Millie says anything, she snaps back at her. She's gotten mean and careless. And it's not at all like her, but she's Mildred now, the name she hated.
0: She has begun writing in Millie's diary, and she is completing the diary now, as Millie.
1: Yeah.
0: She doesn't remember Millie's name. She calls her -her What's-Her-Name. Yep. She fantasizes about the day when Millie is reading this diary, she's reading about Pinky as Mildred, fantasizing about the day that she'll be able to kick her out of the apartment and go back to living on her own in the in the apartment like she was before yeah she has now there's some slight single white female black yeah. some <laughs> yeah. some fuckery happening she isn't just experiencing amnesia she is becoming Mill, millie um as she saw millie as the sort of mean aloof stylish uh person that was in in how millie was kind of treating her before everything went down with that pool um one day millie notices uh as she's leaving um i think before she's quit her job as she's leaving she notices that her car is missing from work as she as she goes to get into her car to leave and she calls the police. She she walks up to someone and says, My car's gone. Nobody says anything to her. She walks to another nurse and says, My car's gone. And <laughs> the nurse just says, Well, call the police and keeps walking. Just walks past her. Yeah. Millie calls the police. They they go on a search. They he, they head down to Edgar's saloon. The car is there. They walk inside. Um the police officers see uh I think it's it's Deirdre's friends. Or they were hanging. It's it's Deirdre's. Deirdre's there, there, yeah. yeah. The cops are the friends. The cops are the friends that were all hanging out together. They see Deirdre, they're like, oh no, she didn't steal the car. The car's right here. And then said, well, there's Pinky right out back. They go out. Pinky is on the shooting range with Edgar. And Pinky is wearing this hot pink, amazing crop top moment fantasy, (laughs) shooting the gun like a motherfucker. And she won't listen to anything, Millie said. She didn't steal her car, she borrowed it. Uh, Mildred is horrified. Or Millie is horrified. Um, From there, things just spiral more and more out of control. These two uh, are really at ends until Pinky has this dream. She has an extended, very 70s dream sequence where (laughs) we see the feminist Gorgon art. We see the pool. We see (laughs) flashes of... Shelly Duval crying. We see Pinky laying dead on the floor with a knife sticking out of her chest and her nightie. We see a sense of fracture and rupture and murder and trauma and pain. And Pinky wakes up and she comes out crying and she says, I had a bad dream. And suddenly there's a moment of agreement between these women. Millie invites her to come sleep in her bed with her. Or does Pinky ask to sleep in her bed with her?
1: Pinky asks her. Pinky yeah, asks to sleep in her sense. bed
0: with her. And Millie... Millie, being the person who is ever apologetic and understanding in this newfound phase of her life, doesn't even question that she just had a fight with an identity theft, uh, an identity thief who has, who is was writing her off altogether, just a scene before. She gets, lets her into her bed. She holds her. She weirdly clasps her hand over her head <laughs> and they <laughs> go to sleep until Edgar stumbles in drunkenly. Edgar is coming in, and he's he's gonna he just wanted to stop by for a beer and a visit, and you know how he feels about these two gals. Um, they have, they're screaming at Edgar, they're telling him to get out. Uh, you are I was just so excited to see these two women united again, and he, and they're like, go back to Willie. Where's Willie? It turns out Willie is at home, pregnant, giving birth. She is in labor, and she is all alone. Millie. Immediately, she grabs a blanket, grabs a robe, and they are out the door. They drive. They pick up. They 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 they, they, they uh, get to her house. Millie runs into the house where Willie is just feveredly breathing and experiencing contractions. And Millie turns to Pinky and scream and says, "Go to, go to, go to the hospital. Go get a doctor. Get a doctor. Just take the car. Get a doctor." Pinky steps back and Pinky. Just watches in horror, just in shock. She's unable to move. She's paralyzed. She just steps back by the car and just cries as she watches Millie try to help Willie give birth. And you hear Millie saying, there's so much blood and I don't know what to do. What do I do? I don't know that the head can fit. You need to push. The head can't come out. You need to push. She finally delivers the baby. The baby is cold. Willie wants... To Willie wants to hold the baby, and she hands the baby to Willie. Millie steps out of the room and walks out completely traumatized and shaking and crying and covered in blood, and she's reaching out with her shaking, bloody hands to to Pinky almost for a hug, almost in confrontation, and she says, you didn't even go to get the doctor, and she slaps her across the face with a bloody hand. Is that when they cut two?
1: Mhm.
0: Yeah. Then cut two. Uh. <laughs> we see the saloon. We see a yellow truck, a yellow, yellow, that same color, yellow that Millie loves so much. A yellow Pepsi truck pulls up and unloads a Pepsi delivery. Uh, they need. They come inside and they need um, someone to sign for the delivery. Millie is sitting there drinking a, a Pepsi out of one of the the big beer. Pinky. Pines. Pinky, yeah, Pinky, not not Millie, not Mildred is is sitting there mm. drinking a Pepsi out of the um one of the big old beer mugs and she says, "Well, I'll go get my mom." She calls for her mom. Millie comes in. Millie is now done up in a sort of dust bowly Willie style, v- dressed very similarly to Willie and not much like Millie as we knew her. Uh, Millie signs it off and says, come on, you gotta, I'm gonna cook dinner, you gotta wash the vegetables. She says, okay, mom. They go into the house. Um, Later, we see them, all three women sitting out on the porch. Uh, Willie uh, is Millie's mom and has just woken up from a dream. And the three women, I guess, what, is that that how it ends? The three women just sit on that porch. Mm -hmm. And the shot
1: they go inside they go inside and uh pinky's like i have to wash all the vegetables and millie says yeah you have to wash all of them and willie is like you shouldn't be so hard on her." yeah
0: you shouldn't be so hard on her she's the she's the sort of doting grandma that's that speaks up on behalf of the kid for uh to mom you know the the camera pans out we see the whole of the saloon their house and then it cuts back to one of the paintings and the water, in the pool as the credits play.
1: One thing of note is when the guy's dropping off the Coke, the Coke delivery guy at the end there, he remarks to Millie that it's a shame about Edgar. Mm-hmm. And it's so surprising since he was so good with guns. Mm-hmm. And Millie just says, yeah, it was, it was a shock. So the implication that we get is that Probably these three women murdered Edgar.
0: These three women who we know all could shoot a gun and all trained under Edgar. Yeah. We see, and actually I lied, it doesn't end. The last shot is, uh, the, the it pans from the house to a pile of tires.
1: Yeah. And it almost <laughs> yeah.
0: looks like there could be something in that pile of tires. Yep. We know that Edgar is gone. Edgar seems like might have been killed by this yep. new family of three women are did they all uh band together and change their identities and become a feminist art collective <laughs> <laughs> a la portrait of a lady on fire um after Ad- edgar's um advances towards them after his um cheating after his neglect of willie and and what led to the the death of her child um was it all willie's dream and did willie recast the women in her life uh the archetypical the archetypal uh maiden mother crone Did he did she recast them all um as these just disconnected characters that she would see in her farm, saloon, dust bowl, <laughs> b- bumper boat bonanza. Like, right. what?
1: Did, was was the bloody slap the real end of the movie and they all went their separate ways and,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and this is all just a fantasy? Mm-hmm. Or is this what actually is happening? We don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, it defies explanation. It doesn't offer any answers, and it's not the goal of the film to answer that. It's whatever you get out of that ending, whatever interpretation you have, that is yours to have.
0: And it seems like it's the same for Altman. Right. It, yeah. it, uh Have you—so I, I was shocked, because I watched uh, the Criterion Blu-ray of this. I was stunned that—I mean, granted, the picture is gorgeous. The presentation is beautiful, um I was stunned that the when I clicked supplements there was Ugh, nothing. There's like n- there's nothing. And I said, "Excuse me, these are like $50 Blu-rays." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Granted I yeah. rented this one, but these are like $50 Blu-rays, so I would like to have some answers please. But I did see um that there's a commentary track. Yeah. And with Altman. And I have... Did you... Have you listened to that?
1: I haven't listened to it. Yet, because no. I would
0: love to just know if he... Because from what I saw in... in At least in writing, um, it do, didn't seem like even he had the think, answers. Because that's not the point yeah, of I the movie. Yeah, I don't think he
1: has... Yeah, I don't think he... It's like when, you know, you watch... I remember on the Persona Blu-ray, there's an interview with Liv, Liv Ullman... And, you know, she's like, yeah, I have no idea what the movie's about. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and I think that's the case here for sure. I, don't, I think, you know, Altman had a dream. He wrote the movie as a dream. He wanted people to experience it as it happened and get an emotional reaction out of people. And I don't know that he has any answers. If he does have answers, I don't think he supplies them to other people. Mm-hmm. I think it's he just wanted to create an experience of a film rather than a narrative. And I am happy to let it be that. Same. Because what an experience it is. It
0: feels like, I mean, it's so fitting. I don't know. Everything about this. Simultaneously, this is everything I make fun of. (laughs) But it's also (laughs) why I love everything I love about this movie. The, the, The things I would typically make fun of. 70s new age art um uh the collective unconscious the uh and the, and that reflected through art and the mystery of it uh the like the like i mean i said the maiden mother crone cliche or ideal right all those things i you know i i take as like a little cheesy but in this film All of those things, which are all also like sort of 70s constructions, all come together so perfectly to really create a mystery and a mood and an aesthetic that I don't know. I don't know exactly what it speaks to, but I think it really captures something that is kind of unspeakable. I don't know what.
1: Yeah, it it fits in with that subgenre of like women... Exchanging identities or taking on the identity of another, like, you know, Persona, mm-hmm. Mulholland Drive, Clouds of Silsbury, Black, F- Black Swan, Black
0: Swan. Black you
1: know. Swan. Uh Always Shine, which I haven't seen, but it's been recommended to me a million times and I finally have to just sit down and watch it. Um, I love those kind of movies. I think they're incredibly interesting. And it's but yeah. it's like this sort of has a nugget of that but then does then kind of transcends that not that like persona or Mulholland drive is easily uh, explained or, you know, laid bare. But I think three women kind of does away with any of those conventions. Yes. And ultimately melds all of them into, I, I think maiden mother crone is probably to me, that's, the clearest th- through line and the most of an explanation as i can give mm-hmm. it's all the three of them by the end are three life stages of a woman mm-hmm. coexisting all at once
0: which is also funny because um shelly duvall and sissy's basic are not in age. Right, yeah, it's like Cher playing Meryl Streep's mom and mom, mama, mama and Mia, when they're like two years apart. Yeah,
1: yeah, um, it's almost more personality-wise. Yeah, you know.
0: But also, I mean, that's a testament to the acting that Sissy Spacek reads. You full in that last scene, you fully believe that she is a teenager mm-hmm. and that Shelley Duvall could be her mom. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, and I think I think because I would regard this as a feminist film, um. I I think it also there's something about especially with that last scene. The last scene is maybe the most traditional scene in the film, where we get or, or in terms of American expectations of women mm. and the traditional depiction. You got the mom that's cooking the food. You got grandma that's kind of the devil's advocate. You got the kid that's like, okay, mom. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it's fascinating. I think how the how the rest of the movie almost sort of takes that expectation of what, what roles women play and at those stages in their lives, but then it's remixes it and then it remixes it again. Mm. And it says, well, what happens if you take the daughter, but then the daughter actually is trying to be the mom. Right. Or what happens if the grandma is the feminist art, witch mm-hmm. who doesn't say anything and just shoots guns or what happens if the mom is actually, uh, yeah trying to be trying to become a mother trying to become a wife trying to what what happens to take all these expectations of women and women's roles and shuffle them and put them in all these different configurations mm-hmm. oh god this movie this fucking movie i just i can't I feel like my whole life, I feel like my whole life I've been haunted by Shelley Duvall and her perfection. Yeah. I did not have any clue.
1: Yeah. it's. I
0: mean, this is, I am haunted by this performance. It's,
1: it's, it's so real. It's such a well-realized character in such small ways that only Shelley Duvall can do. With a same, like the look when, um, when she and Pinky are walking to their car and and when Pinky says, oh yeah, my name's Mildred. I hate that name. And just watching Shelley Duvall's face as she takes that information in. And then later she says, you didn't tell me your name was Mildred. Oh yeah, I hate it. Well, what do you think my name is? But the moment of her hearing that and watching all of the, like, just a microcosm, and she can convey so much with that fucking incredible face of hers. Yeah. That's just one of my favorite scenes, which is her face can be read a million different ways, but it makes me laugh out loud a lot, is when she's got Pinky's parents staying with her. Oh, in the coma.
0: <laughs> oh God. Oh yeah, I left that out. Oh.
1: <laughs> They're staying with Millie as you know, to go to the hospital during the day. And she has Millie has taken the day bed in the living room and given the parents her bedroom. And instead of sleeping in the two separate beds, she opens the door, she hears them, and she opens the door a little bit and they are embracing uh very intimately in bed they could possibly be having some kind of sex. These two dust bowl bumpkins who (laughs) barely actively
0: grinding.
1: Actively (laughs) grinding in the bed and Millie's face is it makes me laugh so hard. There's it's there's layers to it. It's like she's disgusted and shocked. Like, completely shell shocked by it. But there's also something somewhere underneath of like, they have what she doesn't.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And she's, she, she knows how to convey all
1: of that. All of it. So simply. Like, she's not a showy actress. She's not meryl streep screaming i have doubts at the sky it's like she's <laughs> like what meryl streep used to be like in the 70s and 80s before she went full august osage county like <laughs> over the fucking top becoming a caricature it's like this to me is what acting really is, is and like being able to convey so much with so little because you find the truth in the moments
0: yeah absolutely
1: and she's so good at it in this movie. This movie is I mean, I've always been a huge Shelley Duval fucking stan. I won't hear a word against her. No. Ever. Um and I think a lot of people feel that way even if their only gateway to Shelley Duval is, you know, fairy tale theater and all the wonderful anthology shows that she hosted back in the day. Um and produced and <laughs> made yeah. happen. Um she was a fucking powerhouse. But this movie, even so, she is a revelation in this film.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. And I, I was so happy to see she won several awards for it. Very um, deservedly so. Yeah. Uh, back when those had significance. Yeah. <laughs> and like, I just, oh, I just, I kept thinking back. There was a moment really early on in the film that really impacted me of those. Uh, it was the micro moments. It was some actressing happening. It, it there was a uh, just where you get both of them bring so much to these roles. Obviously, I mean, I think this is Shelley Duvall's film, but uh, seeing these two together in this early scene tells you everything. Everything you need to know about these characters and their lives and who they are and where they've been and where they're going, and it's it's like really early on. I think she has Millie has just trained Pinky. Pinky has those starry eyes of just like she is just in love with Millie, right? Mm-hmm. And Pinky they're in the they're in they're they're kind of in the I don't I can't remember if it was the changing room or where in the in the geriatric center, which I just I love that that's the setting in this film. But Pinky goes and she gives Millie a really big hug. Just with sheer adoration, with that that those crazy love eyes that that Pinky has in the first half of this film, and she just gives her the biggest hug, and then and then hugs her, and then steps back and looks at her. And as she gives that hug, Millie looks around her to see if anyone is watching,
1: mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
0: and then Pinky steps back and just smiles at her. And Millie can hardly look at her and just adjusts her hair kind of frantically.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Yeah.
0: And it's like they both shared an experience, but neither of them were entirely present for it. Right. Pinky was wrapped up in her obsession and Millie was wrapped up in how does she look and how are other people perceiving her in that moment. Yeah. And it is just. Oh. (laughs) Yeah. Those tiny moments. The the tiny moments.
1: The dress in the door, the first time they pull up to the apartment building, as she's going to show Pinky the apartment, she pulls into a space and says, this is my parking space. It's the best one. Yes. <laughs> like, what are you talking about? Yes. Like, she just has constructed a reality for herself. And it's like, it's not, it doesn't just happen to be the parking space that she took or was assigned or whatever. She has the, it's the best one.
0: You know what? You know who I propose would be a great friend for Millie? Billy. <laughs> she knows all the
1: best stores.
0: She knows the best stores. Millie has the best parking space. Like they would finally have another person <laughs> to talk to, each of them.
1: Right. May remake this and it's four women. Mildred, Millie, Willie, and Billy. <laughs> oh my
0: god! <laughs> <I'm> Die <dying. laughs> <laughs> And they could all, they get a crate, and they feed Edgar (laughs) and the professor (laughs) to the crate. (laughs) Oh, I just, just, fuck. And, And Janice Rule, man, motherfucker. I mean, her entire role is a micro moment. Like she, yeah, she has like hardly
1: any dialogue until the scene where she's having the baby. She doesn't have any dialogue really.
0: Having the baby slash dying, mm-hmm. she like gets like what, like two lines in the whole movie, maybe. Yeah, and she is a presence. She is dread. Yes, she is. She is the ominous she is the the she is she is the foreshadowing in the movie
1: she's the like the Greek chorus without saying a fucking word
0: yes yes she is
1: you know she just is always she's lurking and pinky is transfixed with her also and mm-hmm. just kind of watching her exist
0: mm-hmm. in her
1: own world
0: and she it's you just you were given no information about this woman except she paints. She owns this place with Edgar. She's pregnant with this child. They're yeah. married. She Yeah, That's Millie just blows you
1: know. her off at the beginning like, oh, you know, don't bother. She doesn't say much. Like, Millie has, like, she's always just another, she's the miniature golf course that isn't used. Like, she's just yeah. another yeah. feature of Dodge City.
0: Yeah, she's just a fixture there. Yeah, that you don't but, have to
1: pay attention to.
0: And the process, like, because we know nothing about her she becomes this entirely just singular entity. Just she is of her, she is a woman just of herself. Mm -hmm. And she just paints these confrontational kind of terrifying, but alluring and beautiful, just like awful harpy thing, lizard women. (laughs) Like,
1: right. Yeah.
0: And she, she is just, you just want to know more about her. But in the process of not knowing anything, she also becomes this, kind of fascinating symbol of of just a a, a, a woman entirely herself
1: mm-hmm.
0: and and then that's it's so funny that she goes from that to then becoming the sort of like doting just waking up from my nap grandma yeah, at yeah. the end yeah there's such a mystery to her. I mean, this whole movie, it's just, it feels very 70s collective unconscious. Yeah. And I can't believe I love that. I, <laughs> I just, it really feels like a really, it's a, it's such a great meditation on just this, the unknown and.
1: Well, because, I think it's because of these three performances. I think there are plenty of yeah. other, other filmmakers who have made that kind of wank material before. That you're saying, you know, oh, the the unconscious and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, you know, becomes about men and their power and all that. And this one, this story is relayed by and grounded through these three women and their incredible performances.
0: That's a, that brings up a really, fan- I mean, that's a great point, And it brings up another point, too, is that. Those pieces, the Holy Mountains, the Jonathan Livingston seagulls, like the, the, the 70s mystery, it's about, it becomes about, look at this auteur. Yes. Making a mysterious work that provokes thought in us. Yes. Like it becomes, it's like the, the auteur, the artist, the occultist, Mm -hmm. like, and then that leads to the, you know, uh. Yodorowski making like doing his tarot deck and it becomes he becomes the cult figure more so than the films this is an altman film but it's entirely dominated by these women
1: he gives it he gives it to the women he had it's this their idea story it's their story I mean when he dreamt it he wanted those two actors and he gave it to them and let them do it it's it's an altman it's very clearly a robert altman film but it's not about robert altman yeah you know yeah
0: and it's it's another one of those like the stepford wives were looking at the credits i was like oh wow producer cinematographer direct edit like everyone is a man in the making of it yeah but when you have Shelley duvall writing her dialogue on the spot and mm-hmm. making the choices on what her character is going to eat and dress and what her home looks like and what her diary entries are all the material that makes you fall in love with this character who is the vehicle for the film itself.
1: Mhm.
0: I mean that's some Heather Donahue bullshit right there. Yeah. Like that's a that's a co-author <laughs> right there. Oh,
1: absolutely. Absolutely.
0: And it is it it's I I think that yeah, that's why this is so I think then that that metaphor, whatever the metaphor is, just the, the the willingness to dive into the mystery, and I don't mean mystery like murder she wrote, you know, who or who shot <laughs> Jr. kind of thing, but like because there isn't something to solve, right? It's it's more about mystery in the greater sense of mystery of like the mystery right of like it is unknown, and it is about It is about the willingness to give in to the unknown, right? And to let uncertainty wash over you like, like you're a geriatric at the day spa. <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: And it is, yeah.
1: It's really unusual for me to be able to just... I mean, unless it's like a horror movie or something like that. Like, I do like to solve the puzzles. My biggest question is why? Why does this happen? Like, let me figure this out. Let me piece it together and see what it all means and et cetera, et cetera. And so to just have this experience is really refreshing for me every time I watch it. To just be (laughs) like, I'm not any closer to an answer with each viewing and I really don't care
0: yeah well and it i think it's because it does that kind of it achieves that purpose that like a tarot deck or like some so much of that art that then just becomes about the mysterious creator and look at how brilliant he was yeah aspires to do where it it is just it becomes a meditation tool like Mm -hmm. it becomes a thing that you can focus on and focus on different elements and try to unpack, but each thing is just going to speak to how you are experiencing and where you're at in time with it. Mm-hmm. And
1: it just, it doesn't feel like a wank. You know what I mean? Like, no, this, this film could easily feel like art house wank. And I think there are some people who think that it is, but to me, it just, it doesn't feel like that at all.
0: Yeah. It, Despite it,
1: that crazy ending. <laughs> like, it
0: feels like put these fucking brilliant women in front of a camera and just let me watch them for two and a half hours. hmm And I don't care what it is. I don't care what they do. I know it's going to be brilliant. Yeah.
1: God, I love this movie.
0: The fucking tuna melt recipe.
1: <laughs> Her hula, talking about the hula dance when she's like... oh <sighs> the co-workers are walking in front of her and she's Millie's talking about how she read about hula dancing and, uh, and how it's such a great workout and she's going to do it. And, and like they've separated at this point, they are, they weren't paying attention to begin with, but now they're across the parking lot and she's like, there's a class. I think it's real sexy. I'm going to take, I think I'm going to take the class. Like she just doesn't stop and it's, Oh, I love it. Oh, I love it.
0: And the, the, just I mean off that like the kind of unfolding revelations of watching this film which is very um appropriate for something that I would compare to a mystery right mm-hmm. <laughs> That, like in the beginning you th- I really thought that she was Queen Bee yeah everyone's listening to her early on she's talking about <laughs> I'm saving up for one of those new microwave ovens I've been reading about you can cook a hot dog in just three minutes <laughs>
1: you don't want to burn them though sometimes i like them when they're a little burnt like she just... <laughs> oh god it's and i was so writing good.
0: that down because i was cracking up and i'm like i can't believe people she must be really highly regarded because people are listening to her talk about this bullshit and i love this <laughs> then you uh, three or four or five scenes in you realize nobody is listening to her mm-hmm. she's still talking to them and then it becomes even more upsetting when when she's Talking about uh, how how Pinky is doing and that she could have died and her parent they were really concerned and blah blah blah, and uh and and uh, she she she's excited to come back to work and see y'all she's been talking about y'all especially the twins like as she's saying that and none of the women are listening and then one of them just turns around and says oh we're gonna eat in here today but you probably don't want to mm-hmm. see you after lunch like she knows she's there yep she can hear her they just don't they won't talk to her they just ignore her and just see and the constant unfolding revelation that you think you know what's happening in this movie it always is like oh wait bitch but not yeah. in like a martyrs oh you thought this movie was about this wait for this <laughs> like
1: right yeah
0: it's just this calmly unfolding thing that just and and, and the uncertainty the dread there's so much suspense in this movie Mm hmm. There's so much discomfort. And that's not just the glances. It's just those little hints. Is she is she a is she a grifter? <laughs> right. Yeah, <laughs> it's going to happen.
1: The reveal isn't like made to shock you. Like you said, like martyrs, like it doesn't take a right hand turn and then a left hand turn. And it's this genre no. and then it's that genre. It's all it's like getting to know somebody. You know, you have a crush on them and you think that they're this person. And then as you get to know them, they reveal more and more about their personality. And maybe you like them, maybe you don't. But it's mm-hmm. like, we don't know anything about anybody right up front.
0: Mm-hmm. And that happens with these characters also. That's so true. Yeah, and it's very, yeah, it's very much captures that that sort of creeping sense of, oh, I guess they're a little bit more like this. Right. Or, oh, she clearly has some issues with this. Right. Or, like, and just watching that unfold... And how I just I still can't believe that how your sympathies are played with, too. Right. Like how I was so pro-pinky in the beginning. I, lo- I was transfixed by Millie, but then I realized, oh, Millie's kind of an asshole. Mm-hmm. And then I see Millie really sacrifice all of her motivations and everything that drives her as a human being. And that interaction with the doctor, with hot doctor that wants to get with her. Yep. And she chooses to be a good person and a good friend instead, and then that's ultimately not even rewarded mm-hmm. or seen or 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 um, recognized. And it's it's just like fuck, man. This is.
1: It's a masterpiece. It's a, it's a It's a masterpiece. <laughs> it's a gesterpiece. piece. And, and Shelley
0: Duval every award in the world for this. How mm. do you sell? How do you sell it? It's funny, but how do you also fully embody that line when the cops are like, so is yellow or was it like mustard? And she's talking about her car <laughs> being stolen that you mentioned earlier. And she says, no, that's English mustard. My car is more <laughs> of a French mustard. <laughs> it's so funny, but she doesn't deliver it as funny right yeah she's genuine it's millie and this is the thing i don't i don't i'm always asking what is authenticity it's something people talk about in theater all the time and in art i don't i mean anything is rehearsed i don't think there's a capability for authenticity a lot of the time i think we can find things that look like it or it's about being present it's about feeling um Shelley Duvall's performance is 100% authentic in this movie. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm.
0: She knows how to do it.
1: She knows that character. Yeah. She created, basically created that character, probably whole cloth, and knows that she's the type of woman who is going to be able to differentiate between different shades of mustard.
0: My God. My car is more of a French mustard?
1: <laughs> <laughs> this is my parking space. It's the best one.
0: <laughs> oh. Um... Well, to one more thing that I also was just like, was this really made for us? Um Obviously, this is piece Theater, and we don't have a piece bingo yet. We have Gaylord's bingo, but there was a bingo satisfied, which was... um the menace of Lady Twins. Yeah.
1: Yeah, right? <laughs> this
0: movie even has that. There are mysterious twins that you don't know if they're good or if they're bad. Right? But they're very stylish. They always dress the same and they always share the same movements and glances.
1: Oh, and they're so creepy. <laughs> they're so fucking creepy and I love.
0: <laughs> they're like, "Oh, no, we don't lack like the twins. You'll learn about them soon enough." <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: Like, just then, that statement, and then you're waiting for something, and
0: it's you're just... You're waiting for a revelation from the twins. But no, it turns out maybe Millie... For some reason, Millie zeroes in on creating this fantasy that the twins really care about Pinky. <laughs> right. You never know anything more about the twins except what is said about them. Mm-hmm. It's just like, God, three women, two twins. <laughs> how did Altman and... How did they know that this is everything we needed? Yeah. <laughs> And how on earth did Shelley Duval pull this off?
1: Oh, God, uh, if you haven't seen it, it's bit it appears and reappears on Netflix sometimes. hopefully, I mean it should be
0: on or off of Criterion Channel at some point, right with as a criterion release
1: You'd think
0: you'd hope I mean this movie really deserves to be seen. It is. It's... I could not be happier to bring this into my life. I understand now why some of the people I held in highest regard of film taste have been screaming at me to see this movie for <laughs> oh, years. Oh, yeah.
1: It's, I mean, it's your kind of movie. So thank goodness you loved it.
0: It is Otherwise, exactly my to, kind of movie.
1: I'd have to quit the show. And, oh,
0: know dude you just cover me in hot oil and set me on fire
1: (laughs) bury you beneath a pile of tires
0: just do me thank you do me a service if i ever get to that point (laughs) this is (laughs) eh, it's fucking brilliant love this film everything about it all the way down to those goddamn creepy weird-ass paintings yeah i want those in my house
1: (laughs) (laughs) well that's a gayster piece uh, That's what
0: uh, Joey says in the commercial. He says, it's a gangster piece.
1: Hey, it's a gangster piece. <laughs> uh, we'll be back on Wednesday with a Gaylords episode, if you care about that.
0: <laughs> Maybe good. you're just here for three women.
1: Maybe you're just here for three women. In which case, good for you.
0: Yeah, we applaud you.
1: Yeah. Uh, otherwise, I guess we'll see you Wednesday. Uh. Bye.
0: Get out of my house. (laughs) Whoa. Do
1: join us again some other time for another episode of.
0: Gayster (laughs) Peace (laughs) Theater!